Okay, vacation's over. Time to do a little bit of real work. Well, that means I better stop recording this show and do something else. My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. Hey, this is Phil. One more time talking to you on my show, The Lip. And here, speaking of repetitive things, I'm going back into the fact that I actually had to do an awful lot of work and put together a little bit of recall in my own memory in order to deal with a subject about vacation. That was actually a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. It's crazy. Who would have expected a show about vacations was actually going to take up that much of my energy? The fact is, it also helped me think of this whole subject that I'm about to do today about theme park roller coasters something I enjoy a great deal of. Most people generally take their vacations and end up in some resort place where they would go to a theme park and actually be on some type of roller coaster ride here or there. Doesn't matter where you go, great adventure. My personal favorite in New Jersey. Go to Florida, Disney World, Universal Studios has all kinds of crazy stuff as well. Not to mention, I can't tell anybody not to ignore Pennsylvania because God knows there's a couple major theme parks in Pennsylvania that people would enjoy a great deal. If you're a little kid, there's always Sesame Place. Once you start getting a little bit older than that, you can go to the Land of Chocolate at Hershey Park. Nice rides there. You could definitely enjoy yourself and have a good time. Some stuff for little kids, some stuff for the big kids. Big kids meaning 45-year-old guys who like roller coasters. You know. And then for the serious, crazy coaster enthusiast kind of types, that's where you're going to go thinking about the Dorney Park, where you get some rides that are absolutely, without question, world-class in Pennsylvania. One of the things you'll never hear me complaining about, yes, The pizza's terrible most of the places here in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, but the roller coasters, because of places like Dorney Park, absolutely world-class. That's what makes it a true sin to the fact that I have yet to go to Dorney Park, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. When it comes right down to it, my enjoyment of roller coasters is something that has spanned my entire life. Since the time I was probably, I don't know, 10, 11, I started going on those roller coasters and I got addicted. Couldn't stop going on them. Loved them, loved them, loved them. Every chance I got to go on one, I made certain to do so. Along the way, I found there's certainly a type of roller coaster I like, and then there's also a type that I don't. But it's like anything in life. You're going to have things that you favor and things that you'd rather be avoid. My personal things are my personal things. Just so happens that some of the rides that I don't like, people can't get enough of. And some of the things that I enjoy greatly, quite the opposite. Other people hate. It's all about taste. That's why when people rate roller coasters, I personally can't say that one is better than the other. 
It's literally like eating a piece of fruit and saying, well, you know, that apple was the best thing I ever had in my entire life. But then somebody else who's never eaten an apple before takes a pear and says, you know, pear's the best thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. And on that note, the two people would never cross and say, well, you know, can I try that pear? Oh, no. Can I have that apple? No. They just enjoy what they enjoy and they get fixated on it. Much like myself, living so long, so close to Six Flags in New Jersey, I almost exclusively went there on an extraordinarily regular basis. In fact, probably more regular than most people probably should go to a theme park and do those rides. But, you know, you got to do something with your time. And that's exactly what I chose to do. Get me out of a lot more trouble. Granted, I didn't need a whole lot of help considering that I enjoyed racing cars extremely fast. Faster than you probably should. So at least riding a roller coaster will get you that little bit of a fix. And it's perfectly legal. The bell has rung. And now it is time for the main event. I believe I mentioned earlier that I enjoyed going to Six Flags Great Adventure more than most people should. Well, I lived in New Jersey all my life. Most of the time that I went in my younger days, I was probably about 45 minutes away. But once I got into my 20s, I ended up being about 20 minutes away. Made the availability and access to that particular theme park a whole lot more available to me and certainly helped me entertain myself on a very very regular basis in fact so regular that there were times that i would literally take my days off and i would go there hop on a ride maybe be in the whole park for 45 minutes and then say well you know what i've done all i needed to do for now I'll come back either later today or my next day off. Doesn't matter. That's just the way I did it. Of course, I had that flexibility because I had a specific request for my aunt for Christmas and she was able to grant that request. All I asked her for every year was a season pass to Great Adventure with a parking permit. Thus, my entire summer entertainment was, in a nutshell, covered. Anything else would be gravy. So between the time, like I said, 18 until, of all things, 28. So it was a good 10-year run. Every year, I had a season pass to Six Flags Great Adventure in good old Jackson. That time I spent at that particular place probably amounted to nearly about the time that the normal person spends in the bathroom throughout their lifetime. I was there all the time. All the time. Occasionally, I would have to decide whether or not I was going to actually go before work. Half the reason why I like working in the afternoon so I could sneak over there and maybe hit a ride before I went to work. It's incredible. The stuff that you would do at that point in time. I mean, heck from my perspective, it was completely free. I was smart enough never to eat in the park. And all I had to do was just drive down there, 
use my season pass to get into the park itself, use my parking permit so I didn't have to pay on the way out, and just enjoy myself for a little bit. Nice way to start a day, and that's why I usually did it in that fashion. First thing I would do in the morning when I would get ready to do something on my day off would be hit the adventure up right away. You go early, you get into the park in the beginning of the day, and it just so happens that it's free and clear. Pro tip. My cousin and I had these season passes for so long, we went on virtually every single conceivable day of a week, and every single virtual time period that the park was open. And we determined, without question, the best time to go was on Tuesday. Any time. Made no difference if it was early, if it was late. You could pretty much go to the park during Tuesday and have your pick of whatever ride you want. And even more so, a lot of times, you would even be able to go on more than once at a particular time. Wouldn't have to even go back through the line. They would just like just sit on the ride a couple times. Two, three, four, in fact, was my personal record. <laughs> but Tuesday, without a doubt, is the pro tip. Whenever you want to go to Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey, go on a Tuesday. It's going to make your life absolutely beautiful, especially if you don't have a season pass. Pencil that in. Keep that in your mind. Now to talk to you about a few of those rides that I enjoyed going on that whole time. My very favorite ride of all time hasn't changed, won't change, I miss it greatly, is Batman the Ride. It was a lot of fun. thing came out when I was in like 7th grade. Floorless roller coaster. Sit in there, get strapped in from the top, and you just go through the corkscrews. And that's probably the reason why I liked it. That particular motion, the corkscrew motion, has to be my favorite thing when it comes to roller coasters. Some people hate that. They would rather just go up and do straight down on those giant camel humps. That's fun for occasion, but personally, I really like the corkscrew motion. It's truly the thing that sets that sets apart a ride to me. If it's got a corkscrew or two <laughs> or more, now I'm absolutely all in. Anything that has a loop or something like that makes me feel wonderful. I just enjoy those kind of rides above and beyond any other. During my 10-year run, I also fell in love with two other rides that became new during that time period. One of them absolutely was Superman Ultimate Flight. Coolest experience, most unusual ride in the world. The fact that the whole thing tilts downward and it gives you that literal feeling as if you're flying. Yes, there's four other people on your left or your right depending on where you're sitting on the car, but the idea is you can literally suspend your belief and it just has that smooth motion. And as the ride is moving around, yes, it moves kind of quick and it has its turns and its corkscrews. But at the same time, you have this motion and it's seamless. 
Whereas other roller coasters where you're on it, you feel that whole clickety-clack, the rattling, the moving around. But the Ultimate Flight is really, really smooth. It's one of those things that's hard to explain unless you're actually on it. It's, it's a unique ride. And I tell you, it's one of those things that happens to be one of my favorites that I've ever been on. And Great Adventure came up with a gem with that particular ride. And on a sort of sad note, the last time I was actually at Great Adventure, the very last ride that I actually went on was in fact Superman Ultimate Flight. Didn't go on Batman the Ride as much as I enjoyed going on that ride completely stone-faced and not making any emotions whatsoever, kind of like Batman would be when he's in the Batmobile or in the Batwing or some other motion where he's just stone-faced, doing exactly what he's got to do, has his objective in mind. That's the way I enjoyed riding that ride. Got to a point where I could just ride that ride with zero emotion. Made me feel like Batman every time. Loved it. But back to Ultimate Flight, if there was a ride that I could have ended my Great Adventure tenure on, that was a very good one that I picked. Not that it's going to be the last time I go to Great Adventure. It's just been a very long time since I've been. And trust me and believe, it's on the list of things that I want to do. Vacation trip, vacation trip, if you saw the air quotes. But of course you don't because it's a podcast, not a video. So, suspend your disbelief and picture the air quotes. Another monster that I enjoyed very greatly was Nitro. Going back to the whole idea of having really giant camel humps that you go all the way up and then all the way down. Funny story about Nitro. I was cruising down the road on my way to the mall probably, I don't know, February, this particular time, I looked over to my right as I'm driving down the road, and what you usually would see is a decent-sized pond, maybe even call it a lake. It's fairly good size, and it overlooks into... Six Flags itself. This particular time, I'm just cruising down the road, taking in the sights, got nowhere to be, and I look over on my right, and I'm seeing this gigantic monster. I'm like, wow, that wasn't there before. In fact, it wasn't there a week ago, last time I came by. Haven't heard anything special, don't know what's going on, but I see this thing. This is actually really cool to me, because now... I'm looking at Six Flags building this giant monstrous ride, and I don't know what it is, and I haven't even heard any advertisement for them building this giant monster. So I'm all eager to find out what this thing is. And wouldn't you know, this is a time before the internet became what it is today, so I kind of just had to wait and see for a little while until finally a commercial came on, and it said... Six Flags Great Adventure has a new attraction. It's Nitro. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And at this point, it had been probably three, four weeks, maybe six weeks since I saw it over 
the, that little pond slash lake. And the visual was just incredible. And certainly anyone who, from this day, when I saw this thing being constructed all the way up until today, if they're coming to Great Adventure from that certain angle that I was at, the first thing you're going to see is Nitro rising up out of the blue. It just looks massive. And on the left of that, when you continue looking straight downward, is an even bigger monster. At the time when I frequented Great Adventure as often as I did, they were creating tag team champions, in my opinion. The biggest, meanest wooden roller coaster, and at the time, the world's largest and fastest roller coaster. That would be El Toro, the wooden, and King Daka the tallest, fastest roller coaster in the world at that time. Great Adventure did a really cool thing. They let that monster have its day in the sun beyond any other. It had an incredible time, people trying to get on that ride. And of course, as a veteran of Great Adventure at the time, and season pass holder, I knew that to get on this ride, was going to be nearly impossible for a multitude of reasons. Number one, it's new. Number two, it's the biggest ride in the world. Number three, it's the fastest ride in the world, which means that people not just all over the East Coast, not even all over the country, but people from all over the world are going to descend on my little Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson to get on this monster that has the likes of it had never been seen before so without question i already knew that i had two choices choice number one get there on a tuesday and hope and pray that my technique that my cousin and i discovered still worked and choice number two go every single day until i finally got to it wouldn't you know Every chance I went, the ride had a three-hour line. And as a season pass holder, and I guess you could say a spoiled season pass holder who lived close to the park, it didn't make any sense for me to have to wait three hours. I would just leave, come back another day. In fact, one time I went twice just because I wanted to see if maybe the ride would die down if I went later. Of course it didn't. So that whole summer... I got on every other ride that I wanted to get on even easier than usual because everybody was descending on King de Ka and El Toro. So it was literally a candy store wide open, a whole park that you could get on any ride without any questions at all because everybody was going to King de Ka and El Toro. Of course, that was good and bad because I wanted to get on King de Ka and El Toro. Sadly, I've never been on El Toro because the opportunity never presented itself. Because eventually, I decided that I was going to try to sneak on King Dika however I could. And Great Adventure gave everybody a beautiful opportunity during their um, Halloween special time. And I figured, let me see if I can take advantage of this. I mean, 
heck, I'm a competitive eater by heart and never actually competed. So I figured maybe I could use those skills to actually help me. Because what Great Adventure did during Fright Fest was they offered people the opportunity to get to be first in line on El Toro or King Dika if they did one special thing. You had to find a man dressed in a chef's outfit during Fright Fest who would be floating in that general vicinity between the two rides because they were next to each other. And this chef would be carrying a very specific tray full of a unique item that if you were able to consume this particular item, you would automatically be going directly to the front of the line. And I figured the best way to get on this ride would be to do that. And I figured if I had to flip a coin, I would definitely take King Dika because it is the biggest and baddest of all of them. Whereas El Toro at the time was the biggest wooden roller coaster, which back to taste again, if I had the choice to go on a wooden roller coaster or one of those monstrous steel space age things, I'm going to pick the space age one. Never been the biggest fan of wooden roller coasters, not out of fear. It's just, it's just not my thing, but what this chef was carrying delightful delicacies he had giant roaches you had to eat one of these roaches and once you ate that roach you were automatically taken to the front of whichever one of those two lines that you would want to go instantly they take you all the way up you get on the ride caveat you had to be at least 18 years old and once you eating it, you automatically were being taken to the front. Wouldn't you know that some kid, 16 years old, when the chef wasn't looking, grabbed the roach, showed them, and he ate it. He was too young to technically qualify for the roach eating, but since he ate the roach, they still allowed him to do it. I thought that was pretty cool, but at the same time, I can't believe that he actually found the chef with the roach because I couldn't find him and I was looking for him. I probably put, if I had a Fitbit or my smartwatch right now, safe bet I must have put 10,000 steps over a two-hour period of time to try to find a guy and I never did. This kid must have had some sort of foresight to have known where this guy was at. Who knows? He might have even known the person because... Might have been his friend. I don't know. Either way, he ate the roach. He got on the ride. But this story doesn't end sadly. It doesn't. Because the next year, I didn't get to go on in that first year. But the next year when it came back around, I just simply bowed up and said, You know what? I want on this ride. I'm going to go. And I just stood there. And I took that two-hour hit. And I wasn't moving until I got on the ride. But, of course, I did forget to tell you this part about King Dika. Oh. Don't get me wrong. I got on the ride. 
that next year. But what made it even more difficult that particular year was that the ride broke down several times during that year. Some people would be like, oh, so why would you want to go on a 454-foot-tall, 128-mile-an-hour ride that keeps breaking down? Because it's 454 feet tall and it could go up to 128 miles an hour. That's why you go on the ride. No ifs, ands, or buts. But of course, the fact that the ride would break down from time to time meant that the two-hour line sometimes would turn to three and four. And people would leave and then they would just shut down for the day. And you had to be really persistent in order to get there. And I just couldn't not go on that ride. And... Sometime around June of the second season for that ride, I did in fact get on. And don't tell me that I was making a mistake or looked crazy, but I sat there for three hours and the ride did in fact break down before I got on it. And I didn't care. They said they were going to get it up and running within half an hour and I waited. And trust and believe. The experience was just amazing. Granted, there were no course crews. The mighty King Dukkha simply goes up at 128 feet. Rather, at 128 miles an hour. And it just bolts its way down. 454 feet. It's just absolutely amazing. I can certainly say that even though it's not the tallest or the fastest ride in the world right now, I still would highly recommend it just because it's still a great ride. And it's well deserving of your of your uh, patronage for, for sure. You need to get on that ride. Looks like I'm probably going to go longer than I would like to, but you know what? I don't care. I'm talking about roller coasters. A lot of fun stuff. And I was talking about how I had never gone to any roller coasters in PA outside of a few at Hershey, but they didn't really hit that world-class mark. <sighs> Big time sigh. Still haven't been to Dorney Park. Been in Philadelphia about 12 years. Haven't made my way down. Call myself a coaster enthusiast in my heart, and I haven't gone to Dorney Park. So, the crazy rides that I absolutely am going to look for and try to get onto, if not this year, some year for sure, Steel Force. That's the ride that everybody says is the great thing that Dorney Park has above and beyond anything else. And being so relatively close, I can't really give an excuse for why I haven't been on that monster, especially in my young dumb days. Heck, I could have just hopped in my Monte Carlo or my Camaro and just filled it up four times and got down there, no big deal. But I just never did because I enjoyed going to Great Adventure too much. Hindsight being 2020, maybe I should have just skipped on Great Adventure once because it's still going to be there when I got back home. Another ride that they had at Dorney Park that I still want to get my hands on and take a spin on would absolutely be Hydra. Looks like a lot of fun. 
and I think that it's something that I would enjoy. It has a lot of the dynamics that I find to be fundamentally sound. It has a couple of corkscrews, so it's for me right off the bat. Corkscrews makes it something that I'm going to like. That just automatically, period, end of story. I need to know nothing more about the ride. It's got corkscrews. Speaking of corkscrews, in probably one of the states that I'm not the most fond of, has something that's luring me there a little bit and haven't gone, haven't been close to that particular park, but since it's been literally since I was in third or fourth grade, since I've been in the Disney World, the Universal area wasn't even around when I was in the area, but it's been there now some serious length of time. And they have The Incredible Hulk, a very intense ride, looks like a lot of fun. Every time I've seen a commercial for it, it looks right down my alley, something that I would probably want to go to. Many people would think that it's probably worth the trip. Next time I'm in the area, it wouldn't hurt to maybe spend the 30, 40 bucks, whatever it is, to hop into that park and maybe take the initiative and go on the Hulk. I think it might be a lot of fun. But now to snap back to more reality, my home theme park, Great Adventure. It's been a while, like I said, since I've been there, and they've had a couple moving pieces that I certainly would think would be a lot of fun to try. Had the season pass, life continued, there's no question I would have been on these particular rides. As a DC fan in particular, I would really like to say that they missed a boat on one or two rides that they probably should have had. Like, personally, I think that if they were going to go for the fastest ride, maybe they should have called it the Flash. You know, try to get something to go 150 miles an hour. Hopefully nobody would try to top it, and it would be the Flash. That'd be cool. Heck, Six Flags Great Adventure also has another whole theme park next to it called Hurricane Harbor. You know where I'm going. Hurricane Harbor is full of water rides. Water rides. Water rides. DC theme for the whole park. The ultimate water, uh, the ultimate water superhero, Aquaman. Why don't they have a water ride called Aquaman? Just seems like it would make all the sense in the world to me. If there's anyone out there who actually is a Six Flags employee or part of the management, the ride developing company. Please take that into consideration. You have a whole water park. Name a ride Aquaman. Please. But now, back to reality again. Went on a little bit of a tangent. A couple more rides that I would find unique and fun to actually go on at Great Adventure again would, without a question, be Bizarro. As much as I like Superman, I would have to go on the reverse. I would need to know what that ride is all about. Seen it on pictures. 
I've seen it in commercials, but I've never actually written it. And certainly that's something that I'd like to do. Also, another ride, without a doubt, for somebody who has such a strong will as I have, the Green Lantern. I don't know why they didn't make that ride sooner. Probably just had to make space for it. But, you know, the Green Lantern looks really cool. Something that I'm definitely interested in trying. And without question, given the opportunity, I'm on it. No doubt. I believe I was freestyling pretty good. And I wanted to talk about the Scream Machine. Old, classic ride that Great Adventure had. A ride that I was on a number of times. But, 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 I would like to wrap up this particular episode. And realistically, spoiler alert, just doing this podcast on these beautiful machines makes me think of a story. And it just so happens that I like to tell stories in a show of their own. So, I'm going to save that particular story about the screen machine and me for my third story episode. So keep in mind, there will be a story about the screen machine and it will feature on the story episode. Chapter three. And without question, I'm thinking that it may actually even anchor the show. Because that particular one, whoo, boy, that's a story that needs to be told. And I honestly think that that particular story isn't unique to just me. And that's why that the Great American Scream Machine probably isn't at the park anymore. Not just me, but it probably happened to others as well. And to be on the safe side, I imagine that that's why they probably had to retire the old horse, shoot it, and take it to the glue factory. But that's a story for another day. You're probably already tired of hearing me say the word story, but I'm going to say it just one more time just because that's going to be a part of story number three, chapter three. Ding, ding, ding. Bell is rung. Main event is over. The Spear of the Week this week is a little bit of a throwback, kind of a delayed reaction. This particular Spear goes to a company that I ordered furniture from sometime in February to go into the new house we just bought. Wouldn't you know that that particular furniture was delayed from the time that we ordered it originally? Because we ordered a group of things. And they told us, well, we can't get that particular set now, but we'll send it in May. Okay, fine. We can live without that particular set until May. Then, it happens. May comes, May goes. They tell us, well, you know, the furniture wasn't quite up to our standard yet it's gonna be a little bit longer all right sure whatever here comes early 
And here it is. The very tip of May, towards the end of May, it actually gets delivered to our house. Multiple times telling us that it wasn't ready. Multiple times telling us that they were going to send it to us. Here it is on our doorstep. The delivery driver opens it up and notices that it's damaged right off the bat. Now, the spear of the week isn't going to go to the delivery driver because he didn't load the truck. He didn't drop it when he brought it up to my house. This stuff was damaged before it got anywhere near us. So, the company that delivered it, who will remain nameless, they get the spear of the week only because it really drove me nuts after I went upstairs and noticed that there was a big hole where that piece of furniture should have been. Not happy. Not happy at all. And that's the spear of the week. I get very passionate talking about roller coasters, particularly the ones from Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, where I spent a great deal of time. So much so that I actually skipped a few things in notes, but at the same time, I also remembered that I had a couple of good stories that I want to tell, and when that episode comes up, you'll hear that story. What do you people think out there? Do you like theme parks? Do you like roller coasters? Or would you rather keep your feet on the ground? I don't know. Me personally, I love to go to theme parks. I enjoy the idea of the roller coaster. Again, like I said, some people like a certain type of roller coaster. Some people don't. I prefer roller coasters that give you the whole experience of spinning around. I can live with the camel hump. Not a big deal. It's fun. The higher the camel hump is, it makes it an interesting trip. But I prefer a bit of a corkscrew, a bit of a loop-de-loop. I like that sort of thing. Some people rather have the drop rides, where you just up and then fall straight down. That isn't my cup of tea at all. I would certainly rather not do that. Again, not out of fear. It's just... Me and a couple friends, when we were young, actually went on a drop ride. And we were in the middle of a conversation on our way up to the drop ride. And during the drop ride, we continued our conversation. It was like we didn't even do it. It was just worthless to us. We didn't enjoy it. We had our conversation, which was about something really irrelevant. I mean, we weren't even talking about anything important. It's just we were so bored on the ride that we literally just talked our way through it. And that didn't say very much to the drop ride for me personally. And I had never been on one since. Don't plan on going on one. It's just not what I do. But other people live for the drop ride. Enjoy. My theory behind that is that's going to be one less person in line for me to go hit one of those rides with a corkscrew and a loop-de-loop. Ha <laughs> Thank you very much. But as always, I appreciate your feedback. Hit me up on Twitter, at PissedPhil, two L's. My Instagram account, Philip Henderson, 5102. Give me pictures of you on roller coasters if you bought that little snap picture that they take when you're coming down. 
if you decided to give them that extra money. Personally, I never did. That's one of the reasons why I've never been on a slingshot ride either, because I feel that if you're going to a theme park, you pay one price, you go on all the rides. I don't like to pay extra for rides. It's too bad. It looks like the slingshots are actually kind of fun, but I'm not paying another 20 bucks. I just won't do it. Yeah, I'm cheap in that regard. I, that's the really only reason why I'm never going to get on a slingshot ride. Because it's always extra. I'm not doing that. It goes to a rule that I've always said about theme parks. You never eat inside because they're going to literally take all your money. Never go on that slingshot ride because you've already paid 30, 40 bucks to get into the park. Why are you going to pay 20 in order to get on one more ride? But again, that's my personal opinion. And I've really spouted out on that one a little more than I probably needed to. Words of wisdom for this particular week. I hope you get it. Because to me, it makes me laugh every single time I say it. I probably said it a hundred times. And it makes sense to me. Hopefully, it makes sense to you. Let's say you're in a disagreement with somebody. And you're just not getting the point across that you want to get to that person. And that person's just not giving you anything that you're going to be able to agree with either. You just look at that person and say, man, we are so far apart on this subject. It's like you being so far west of me that we're actually standing back to back. Think about it. If you go west on the planet, you're going to go all the way left. Now, let's say you go so far left that you end up coming all the way back around and you're literally standing behind the person. That's what I mean by that. You're so far apart that you're literally back to back and you can't even get it. Happens. Hopefully you understood it. Wasn't sure. If not, hit me up on Instagram. Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know. I figured I'd want to try this one out. I like it. Makes sense to me. But then again, a lot of things that make sense to me don't make sense to everybody else. And hopefully, it makes sense for you to listen to this show, and I'm glad that you did. My name is Phil, and this is The Lib.